What the fuck is up, everybody? Welcome to the Great Girth Podcast. One half of your favorite fat duo here. That's me, Mr. Tony Trujillo, with the other half, Mr. Austin Rawlison. Uh, we just got out of seeing The Well, the new Brendan Fraser movie. Uh, we're going to do a spoiler review. How we'll probably do this is the first part of this review is going to be non-spoiler. And then we'll do a countdown to let you know when to stop listening to it if you don't want to hear the spoiler. So, first off, the background of this, uh, the best way to explain this movie without spoiling it, it is the story of a very large obese man who is essentially about to die. He's he's heading to his grave. And he's got to find a way to redeem himself. That's the best way I can spin it. A lot of it you can't know about. To quote a preacher online, he's a filthy faggot! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> filthy faggot. That was probably the best part. Um, <laughs> but that being said, um, I guess we can talk about positives and negatives so I'm gonna go in with a negative first at least from how I felt about it the negative I the biggest negative I had was that the movie takes place the entire time in the apartment that's the entirety of this movie the reason I didn't like that is because I had seen a film prior to that called fences same scenario they're in a backyard but again, it's an indie movie, you know, kind of a low budget. It's kind of a, a go figure type of deal. It's one of them Oscar bait movies. Yes, this was definitely like Birdman. Um, another negative was the ending, but we'll get into that when it comes to the spoiler-free part. That's really the only negatives I had. The positives on this is that Brendan Fraser is awesome in this movie. I like that in this movie you don't really see him because... He is the character completely, and that's what good acting is. I always say that one of the best film roles I've ever seen was Jake Gyllenhaal in the movie Nightcrawler. Yes, he's the main character, but you never actually see him because he is so much the character you forget who the actor is. That's what this movie's all about, and that's that's one thing I truly enjoyed. I thought the performances were great. I thought some of the humor was definitely on point. There are some scenes that are just like gut-wrenching to watch because it's gross. But forget everything you heard about how controversial it was. It wasn't like that at all. Holy shit, that's a lot of cops outside of a liquor store. Sorry. God damn. Uh, yeah, we're on the road, so that's... Sorry about that. Um, Put your hands out the window. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll give it to Austin. Austin, what is... Um, well, here, I'll let you talk about it. Positives and negatives. Well, I'll tell you what, right now, I'll tell you that gay agenda's in this film. Yeah, it is. Hell, the gay agenda. They want you to believe that you can jerk off in your pants and not take your pants off. <laughs> <laughs> them, them gays that aren't going to do that, apparently. No, but, um... If you are overtly offended by gay main characters, then don't watch this movie because it's a very focal... It's a very forward focal point on... Excuse me. And a burp. But, um, I mean, outside, there is a. Brendan Fraser's kind of always been known as kind of a quasi conservative, which is why he hit that blacklist initially. Um, but the thing with Brendan Fraser is he's always been kind of anti religion. And you can see in this movie. 
it, it tries to push that narrative very much of how only people who are religious are stupid people, and the only people who um, believe in God are um, people who are sad or depressed or whatever, and yeah. don't have any other options. Stuck up and hateful, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, and that's the whole thing I'm thinking in this movie, is like, wow, they're painting every religious person in this horrible, disgusting light. Yeah. But at the very end, they kind of hit you with a, there, there's a missionary kid in this, and, um, and he's got a real sad story about things that happen. He's got these all these um, ideas of what's going on. And um, toward the end of the movie, they give you some nibbles of things where you start to think about, like, oh, okay, so maybe not everybody's hor- not everybody's horrible. Not it, it gives you it gives you enough that you don't leave feeling dirty. Yeah, that's how I felt about it too, because. I guess I should have put that as the negative, too. That it's very anti-religious. The good thing about it, though, is it doesn't lecture you or cram it down your throat, but there's definitely hints of it in there. And, you know, the gay is definitely the focal point in this one. But what I liked about it is it doesn't exist just because. Yeah. It's got a good story. And like we've said before in the past, it's okay to have gay characters. Yeah. Absolutely. They, these people exist... It's important that they're in media because it's media just, needs to portray is, yeah. the real, real world. Where some films go wrong, the only personality trait some people have is gay. Yeah. You could remove the entire gay plotline and make it about a woman instead of a man. Um, make the the um, the story that he, the process going through. Get rid of his boyfriend and put in a girlfriend. You could have the same movie and everything plays out the almost exact same way. Exactly. That's why I don't hate that it that it's in there. Me either. I think it worked out pretty well. I mean, it, it made the story interesting. I thought I was. Of course, I'm not gonna lie. I had my first uh, moment of oh, of course. Well, <laughs> I was like, great. Here we go. The opening scene. Is Brandon Fraser in a fat suit? Jerking off. Jerking off to gay porn. It's a little bit of like, oh, what the hell did I get myself into? Uh huh. The worst part is the fact that after he comes, he doesn't clean it up because I'm positive he was having a minor heart attack. Yeah, he's had, he starts having a heart attack. But he leaves the jism in his fucking shorts, and people are near him talking to him. It was so disgusting. <laughs> I don't know why I thought about that the entire time, but I was like. There was definitely jizz in that. Like, that's so gross. But um, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna rate this movie. Uh, before you rate it, all of the actors in this movie Ooh. did phenomenally good jobs. Oh yeah. His daughter did amazing. She was the perfect teenager. Give Brendan Fraser the Oscar now. You're gonna get it. Um, and I mean, if you, go, if you go in to see this movie, be aware that Brandon Fraser puts his entire heart and soul into this. Oh yeah, this I movie mean, was definitely meant for him. You could tell. You almost feel he lost acting, and you know he, you can tell he loves it. 
oh, he yeah. lost it. He knew this was his chance to get it back. And he went all out. And he knocked it out of the park and did an amazing job. Oh, yeah. I think it's definitely a comeback story. He didn't have come on his back, though. It was just his front. <laughs> now, here's the truth. Would I ever watch that movie if it wasn't for Brendan Fraser? Probably not. Absolutely not. I hate Oscar bait movies. Yeah, I'm not really a big indie movie either. Will I ever watch this movie again? No, probably not. And Oscar bait makes some good movies. But Oscar bait movies create these giant overtures to... To make money, basically. Well, not to make money. They don't care if they make money because all they want is Oscar nominations. And I get People are like, we need to get Brandon Fraser in an Oscar. Let's put him in this film and let's make this the most Oscar bait movie ever. Yeah, because it'll draw attention to it. And and because it plays toward a certain group of people, and that certain group of people just happen to be um, um, Oscar voters. Right. So it, it works out. It's really it's the perfect marketing tactic. Because Oscar bait films, while I think most of them aren't good, they usually end up being a success story. That's the whole idea. Um, there are some really good Oscar bait films that I've watched. But always the weirdest ones, though. Yeah, it's never. Zara the love story that's good. Yeah, like this is not an action movie, nor is it a success story movie. This is a very indie film. That's um, kind of how the Oscars work, if you don't know that by now. Excuse me. No, this. Ooh. Now, hiccups. When this movie ended, lights came on in our theater. It is dead silence. Yep. This movie leaves you not understanding how your feet how to feel. What great yeah. movie, good movies Do make that. you think about think this is what I'm feeling, why am I feeling this way? Yeah, I agree. It's one of those like you gotta you gotta take a minute's process because it did take me a minute to even say a word. I was like, hmm. Um, hmm. Well, that ending gives you a damn. Yeah, I didn't like the ending, but it, it works for what they're going for, which that'll go into spoiler territory. But I thought, oh, you know, I thought it was a good movie. Um, I probably, I may watch it again, but I'm not going to rush to the theater to see it again. I think it's more, I might add it to my collection and one day down the road, I'll watch it again. Highly unlikely anytime soon, but it is Brendan Fraser's comeback story. It's his chance to redeem himself, and he did it. He far exceeded expectation, in my opinion. This is one of those movies I think that it's going to be like a turning point in his career. When he gets older, we're probably all going to be talking about how he lost it for a while, and then he made a comeback off of a very small film. So, you know, I got to give him props where it's at. I'm a big Brendan Fraser fan for fucking life. I've always been a Brendan Fraser fan. So, because of him, that's the only reason I watched this movie, too. Otherwise, you wouldn't have caught me dead seeing a movie like this. <laughs> that being said, um, I'm going to rate this how I normally do, which is like uh, maybe like a 
star rating or eh, we'll do it kind of like IMD does, like a on a scale of one to ten, basically. I've never seen an IMD film with a ten. It's usually a nine's the highest, a nine point something. But I'm gonna give this one like a seven point five. It was definitely like a like an upper C, close to a B almost. It was really amazing. But again, it's a I wouldn't say it blew me away. It definitely didn't shock me. I wasn't like, oh damn, like I thought I was going to be. But I still enjoyed it and still had a good time and it was still a good movie. So that's what I give it. It's about a 7.5 within that range. Yeah, um, I think I'm at a flat 7. I think I wish I would have flushed out. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit more story. I wish there would have been more of an attempt to re- rebuild a... You know my, you know my, I'm going seven, and I haven't let it written out because in order to explain my seven, I need to do Good. a little bit of spoilers. Okay, so you heard it. We're going to go into spoilers. Um, if you guys haven't seen this movie, I do recommend checking it out at least once. I don't know if it's going to be on streaming anytime soon because... Say maybe wait. It'll probably be on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I was going to say probably in a few weeks because it's been out already for about a month or two. So it won't be long until you could watch it. I'd, I'd suggest waiting until it's on well, Amazon. Well, we recommend going and watching it because we well, want support you to the support Brendan Fraser. Yeah, support the theater, support Brendan Fraser. It's definitely like, um, take some time to go see, even if it's a last minute thing. Highly suggest seeing it when no one's around because we went on a Saturday. We got lucky there were no kids in there, thank God. But there were some loud mouth people around me. <laughs> Other than that, we're going into spoiler territory on three, two, one. All right, you've been warned. So, Austin, continue why you gave it that rating. I wish I would have fleshed out more about his daughter. I appreciate that they made him be the bad guy. There's no redemption. Right. For, for this guy. There's zero redemption. He's the bad guy. The entire time. The entire time, all the way to the end. That's what makes me annoyed, too, is, like... So, you remember how I said when we got out, I was like, dude, I thought this movie was going to be about how he loses weight right. and lives. This entire movie is about his final days and how he was a piece of shit as a father, a husband, and a human being. And the thing is here... The story is... It's all... His ex-wife says it perfectly. The reason... I don't let you be, didn't let you be around her is because you are so selfish. Everything is always about you. Yep, and it definitely felt that way too. And in the end, I assume he was going to realize, oh, this isn't about just about me. I need to be around for my daughter. I need to be around for these people in my life. The entire film, he refused to go to the hospital. Yeah, and it's because he didn't want to spend all the hidden money that he had saved up for his daughter to have a good life I can understand his intention but I'm sorry my kids seeing me around her when she's successful growing up and becoming a good person is way more important than the money I give her yeah you being in your daughter's life is so much more important but what I assume is he'd come to that realization 
I need to be here for my daughter. I need to be here for my lover's sister or whatever. Yeah. I need to be here for these people because these people rely on me and they love me and I love them. And it, it should be important for me to be here for them. But instead of that, he sticks in this selfish attitude. I, I just want to die. Yeah, and it's like, what the fuck? To the very end. Right, like at some point you finally... It's almost like you understand and be like, okay, it's it's way too far to go back now. He knows he's going to die, so he's given up. I kind of get that, but I'm also like, that's so selfish. At least make the attempt, and not yeah. once does he. He makes it very clear he ain't going to a hospital, and his, that he's not getting help. His lover, his friend who's his lover's sister, please, multiple times, I can't do this again. I watched my brother die. I can't watch you die too. And what's he say to her at, after five minutes of the explanation? Sorry. I'm not going to the hospital. Yeah, you're like, ah, damn, dude. Selfish motherfucker. I was really hoping this was a movie about him redeeming himself and living. There's no redemption for anybody. This movie says people are bad people. Yeah, and pretty much. you just much. have to deal with it. Except there's a slight... I well, mean, there's a slight message that people are beautiful. Yeah. That you have to look to see the good side of people. Especially the if they're fat. the reason this isn't higher is because it preaches that at the end. But only one person in this film gets that, oh, I'm at, they're actually good people. And that's that that's missionary, missionary kid's kid. mom yeah. the dad. Right. Say, we don't care about any of this. We just care about you. Which, like, it's sad. You're like, damn. That almost feels like if they cut it out, it wouldn't have mattered, though. Do you wonder that? Like, I liked his character, and I thought it was very important. But if you think about it, if they cut him out, the only, like, if you think about it, he wasn't a real plot device, except for, for one reason. To introduce the new life thing that he was claiming to be a part right. of. That's it. If you take that away, you probably still could have done the movie. But I ended up enjoying his character. It's just shitty that he was the only one that got redemption. Because the daughter, yeah, she gets to finally know her dad and spend that final time with her, or with him, but she watches him die. Yeah, but the problem here, the reason it's not higher for me, is because they build up this option for him to redeem himself, but instead... She pleads. There's at one point she goes to leave and she stops and doubles over and just cries. Daddy, please. Yep, that's she And he finally... looks her dead in the face. It doesn't say anything. Yeah, you're like, God damn, dude. Not, not even that'll stop you. And you know, like, the uh, whole correlation between the essay she wrote on the book with Captain Ahab and all that. And how it has something to do with him wanting to kill the beast, which is him. Genius. Yeah, I get it. it. You know, it works, but at the very end, it seems useless. When it's him getting off the couch, going to her to embrace her, and then he looks up, and we get the indication that he's dying. He went to heaven. Maybe not him, but the lights definitely went out. Yeah. <laughs> they got brighter. There we go. The ending, I thought, was stupid. 
We don't get any. And I really, the, the one part I really do appreciate is that when he dies and he goes to heaven, he's not with his faggot friend. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the beach with he's his family. On the beach with his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that had to be the funniest thing I've heard you say this entire time. Austin's like, nope, no queer here. And I'm good. That is. That's the most beautiful part of the movie. Is this movie tries to make it. This man destroyed his life because his gay lover yeah. died. Be- believed in God and he felt sad that he was a sinner and killed himself. And he died. There's a whole story. And the whole time this little girl is trying to reach out to her dad and her dad's trying to reach out and now she's just become callous. Yeah. She was a little bitch. I'm not going to lie. She was very, very convincing. I hated her half the time. That's good acting. But at the very end of this movie, we find out his paradise, what he wants more than anything, is not to be with that dude. Yeah, it's to be with his daughter. It's him and his daughter. And that is, I think, the biggest point of everything that I think there's going to be a bunch of people who will be real pissed off about it. Oh, yeah. I it's fat. This movie's fat phobic. This movie's homophobic. In heaven, he would be with his... He would be with his husband. Right, which you would think is crazy because this movie's very pro-gay and very anti-religious. They make it very clear towards... Especially at the end when he has the argument with the missionary kid. But they give you... It's like just, fair... They give you just an ounce of maybe not all religious people are these horrible human beings. Right, exactly. They make it fair, which is how it should be. Because that's the problem with most movies now is it's very religion is bad, religious people are terrible, blah, 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 blah. And when you're like me, you get used to it to the point where like, I don't even fucking care anymore about that. I, let's just get to the action. problem is most movies don't have action. It's just to lecture you. This one, I love, it doesn't do that. It's not cramming it down your fucking throat. It's used as part of the plot. It makes sense and it works. But that dude looked like he was dying. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I got uh, caught up for a minute there. So, um, aside from the bullshit that was thrown our way, it was good, you know, other than that. Like I said, the religious thing, the anti-religious thing was kind of like, eh. But go watch The Whale. It's a pretty good movie. It's worth seeing at least once. I enjoyed it. Me and Austin had fun. But that concludes our review on The Whale. However, we're going to talk some juicy shit. Probably politics because we're going to get into this topic about Steven Crowder. God damn conservative media is a war. There is. Like, what's going on there? I know he was saying... As far as I know, he said he was leaving the blaze. Let's get my biases straight up. Steven Crowder is a horrible human being for what he did. What did he do? A disgusting, nasty, horrible human being. What did he do? I'm so confused. So, very first, everybody doesn't know what happened. No, yeah. Three days ago, Steven Crowder posted a video that said it's time to stop. So when he's leaving the blaze, he was getting ready to leave the blaze. He um, started fielding offers for for a new contract. Yeah. And he gets on there and he says, 
I didn't want to have to do this, but I'm going to have to say it because it's disgusting. Because a bunch of people in conservative media are in the pockets and kissing the butt of big tech and doing their lobbying for them. You know, is this a contract I have? We're going to talk about a con- this contract they offered me. And he goes, first of all, they want to pay me some money. I'm not going to tell you how much it is. Right. But here's where we have a problem. If I... I have to make 192 episodes a year to work for this, for this company. They're going to pay me this money for 192 a year. If I miss one episode, I lose $100,000 every time I miss. So if I get in a car accident or I get sick, I lose, I lose all this money. I lose $100,000 because I got sick. Then there's another section that says if you are banned from YouTube, the amount of money they pay Steven will be decreased by 20%. And it goes through each banned from Facebook 10%, banned from Spotify 10%. Like these percentages that drop down. Yeah. And then they have another they have another piece that said if Steven Crowder loses 50% of his sponsors for nine uh, for 90 days they take they'll they'll um they will start taking away money from the uh fee they gave him. And so he says this is a conservative media company taking advantage of him and trying to make him a slave uh, not paying him more importantly he's upset that it's it is these people purposely doing the bidding and the will of Democrats and, and the media and you hear that contract you go huh sound very good immediately people online are like oh is this Daily Wire this must be there's this is Daily Wire. There's only one other group that could afford to acquire Stephen, and yeah. that's the Daily Wire. So it must be the Daily Wire. The next day, Jeremy Boring, the CEO of Daily Wire, posts a video on Daily Wire website. This is our offer to Stephen Crowder, confirming it with Daily Wire. Right. And he goes out there and he said, "There are people out there who are saying this isn't us. They're defending us. I know you're, you know, are fans of us, and that you." are trying to defend us from people who are attacking us. We appreciate the support, but we do would do you a disservice if I don't post this video. Yes, that um, offer was from us. No, it's not a contract. I stand by this. Um, it's a bid sheet. Steven Crowder reached out to us and his through his agent and said they will send us an offer. And so we sent this offer, knowing that this is going to be negotiated, and the money's going to change. Or some the terms are going to change. And so this is just a um, non-binding term offer. Right. And this, so this is just to get a conversation starting. This is a contract, like Stephen said. And I'm sure he just misunderstood. There are some things in this contract he misunderstood. And there are some things he blatantly portrayed wrong to make us look bad. Right. And they go, and Stephen, and um, Jeremy Boring, and I'm upset, I'm saddened. Because I considered Stephen a very good friend of mine, and we were going to have a conversation. And he's, he's releasing this, but it's 
I believe that Steven is doing this for the right reasons. Yeah. So let's go through it. They post an hour-long video of him breaking down the entire contract. He says, first, we're paying him $50 million for four years right. with another $25 million with a two-year option for us to per- for Daily Wire to continue. He said, we knew he'd want a lot of money. We weren't sure we were going to be able to afford Steven. So we did $50 million with the understanding we'd probably get negotiated up to $100 million. Right. He said, we as Daily Wire were prepared and ready to go to $100 million to purchase to get Steven to join the Daily Wire. He said, and then he breaks it down. He says, oh, and when he says 193 episodes, he goes, yes, 193 episodes. You can pre-record episodes. Well, so, yeah, it's nothing if you think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's not nothing at all. He gets four weeks of vacation. Mm-hmm. Where he doesn't have to record anything. And that's only four episodes a week. He doesn't, he's not required to do five episodes a week. Right. And so they are, so he goes, he talks about that. He talks about how if um, Steve was going to miss something, he could just bank an episode. If he's not going to be able to do an episode on a Thursday, then he could bank and record an episode on Tuesday and then release it on Thursday. He said, or if he's, or if he's really sick, and you miss a day, just record a fifth episode the next week and you'll be fine. Right, there's always ways around it. He goes, and on top of all of it, the thing that makes me upset about Stephen Crowder is he read you this portion that we had to charge $100,000 if you miss a day. What he didn't read to you, what's blacked out on his screen, is another clause that says if, if you miss because of like bodily harm, serious injury or something like that, then... They won't charge him the hundred thousand dollars. They'll only charge him what the Daily Wire is lose actively losing. Yeah. And Jerry Boring goes, "Of course we wrote it that way. I can't pay you an inordinate amount of money 50, 60, 70, 80 million dollars if you're not gonna to do a certain amount of episodes, and then you just don't give me the episodes." Well, right, and that's Daily Wire is a business like every other. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it makes sense. I did not know that about him. I I haven't been keeping up with him because he's been posting cryptic ass messages and shit on Twitter and Instagram so I was like okay I know he's leaving the blaze and then so they go through the they go through the things he goes yes of course it's written like this if you lose your revenue from if you lose your ability to do ad reads and stuff on YouTube and your your show is not worth 50 million dollars anymore right we can't pay you 50 million dollars what Steven wants is a contract where we give him $50 million, no matter if his show makes money or not. That's well, called charity, no. not yeah. called business. Yeah. And we can't do that. We need to make money so we can continue to make new content. Right. Because if we don't have any money, we can't make any content. If we go out of business and no one's paying Steven, then Steven can't make content. We can't make content. Ben can't make content. We can't make content like what is a woman. We can't do those things. Yeah, it's all because they have... Because we have to a make good money. Staff with, yeah, that makes money. Shows that make money. He says, we have over 300 employees. We have to pay those employees to do their jobs. Right. It sounds like Crowder's being more greedy. Yeah. So, Steven Crowder launched a thing called Stop Big Con, where he's gathering emails. And Jeremy Boring goes through the whole contract, and shows everything. And, and when you look at it, it's a pretty good contract. The money's probably a little low. But, of course, it's not a contract. It's a bid sheet. And, and they starting. knew they were going to negotiate up. Yeah, it's starting out. Um, and then, of course, uh, Candace gets on, and Candace goes hog wild on him, saying he's got a tiny penis and how he's... 
Dude, and I gotta, I gotta he, watch this. He thing. thought, Candace Owens thought he was Tom Brady, and everybody's gonna give him hundreds of millions of dollars in offers. Right, like, that doesn't and so, work that And the way. highest offer he got was 50 million from Daily Wire, and he's offended. Bro, take it. Like, 50 million? That's a starting point. And then, Jeremy Boring, at the end of his video, goes, What is so surprising to me is that in the end, Steven Crowder called me back and counter-offered me with a hunt with thirty million a year. Huh. I know what fucking world. And so what we did was we decided, hey, we cannot we cannot afford We can't afford to pay just you that because that well not to mention then they have to pay other people that yeah, to see so, it. So we called Steven and we said I sorry, it just looks like we're gonna be able to work together. If that's the number we have to get to, we're there. We'll never get to that number. No fucking way. He said so. He countered offered. This contract wasn't so horrible and despicable and evil until we said we can't pay the hundred thirty million. Right. So it makes us feel like this is about money, not about principles. Yeah, exactly. Then Stephen Crowder launched as an, a video a couple hours later. He called Jeremy Boring to talk about their family and Christmas and all this other fun and all this other stuff. Right. And he recorded their conversation and played part little bits and pieces of their conversation live on his show. Oh, dude, I would have been fucking furious. So now Ben's pissed off. Oh, understandable. And Ben's like, the only reason you record that conversation is if you were planning to do this all along. Yep. And a bunch of internet sleuths got together, and they looked around, and they found out that... Found the whole timeline, and Ben Spirit ends up shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Sharing the timeline. And the timeline is Steven gets the initial contract. Right. Stews on it for a month. Gives the counter offer. They say no. We the Daily Wire says no. We cannot do the counter offer. Steven sits on the contract for another month. And then registers that domain. Uh, stop Big Con. Yeah. Of course. Calls Jeremy Boring the next day. What? Records their conversation, and the next day after that, posts his video. Ben says it is very clear that he realized that Stephen Crowder realized he wasn't going to get the money yeah. that he wanted from Daily Wire, and he's assuming he could start his own company. And the only way he knew he's going to be able to start his own company is by starting a war with Daily Wire to become Quick the bait. ultimate. Yeah, and he and he purposely went through and planned, meticulously planned, every single piece of this in order to make the Daily Wire look bad so he could be their so he could become their competitor. Which, you gotta admit, is genius but a fucked up thing to do. It's a whole evil, despicable thing to do because Jeremy Bo- so Jeremy tweets out after that video he goes, I would, sh- I would play that part of the conversation where you invited me and we started, we talked about our families and what you got people for Christmas and what I got my family for Christmas and, right. and me offering to do some things for you and you saying you could do some things for me and how we had a full conversation about our families but I wouldn't even begin to know how to secretly record a conversation with who I thought was a very good friend of mine. 
Yeah, what he did was really shitty. No, I mean, and the thing is, too, is I've never... I like Steven Crowder, but I don't listen to his show all the time. To be honest with you, a lot of what I listen to when it comes to him are the clips, the segments yeah. that are on this, because I can't sit through a whole show of his because he gets off track too much. He talks about shit without a lot of evidence. It's His show is more where you want to go to find him talking shit about the left. Yeah, he's a, he's a comedian. He's a, tro- he's a comedian, yeah. He's more of a troll than anything. And he's got all his buddies on there who I've never heard of. And his shows are long as shit, dude. I don't know if you've seen any of them, but they're like two, three hours in some cases. I'm but like, the Damn. biggest issue, I mean, the, the complete violation of friendship and long-term norms and everything, that's horrible. But yeah. the worst thing is that the, the, the complaints he leveled, he says he's do, not doing this for him, he's doing it for other people. The contract wasn't so bad that he didn't counteroffer with $130 million. Oh, well, yeah. But B, he does stuff to try to stay on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He says, okay, I've said everything I can say on YouTube. Now go behind this paywall so I can say stuff. Go on Rumble so, yeah. I can say, so I don't get banned from YouTube. And now he's out there screaming, because they want me to not say stuff on YouTube, they're silencing me. And every part of the da- everybody at the Daily Wire doesn't say what they really mean. They're being told what to tell by... They're being told what to say by... By, um, Matt, by, um... Jeremy Boring. Jeremy Boring. And Candace goes, you think... I am being told by Jeremy Boring. You think I censor myself? Right. She goes, sure. I don't say everything I want to say when I'm on my regular show. But have I have another half an hour yeah. where people talk. And, and Stephen has that same thing. He's a giant hypocrite about it. And Matt Walsh goes, I'm staying out of this. But he hit me a little bit. He said, all my words are my own. And the fact that you recorded your friend's conversations, anything else. A, a friendly talk with a conversation with a good friend is all I need to know about your personal character. Yeah. That's it's, fucked up. And Candace just goes, people who don't think this is for money, I have to laugh out loud at you because we have to recognize that Steven Crowder is a moron and fundamentally, quote, fundamentally not a good person. Oh yeah. She said, "I the reason I didn't go to the Blaze is because I didn't want to work with him." It is pu- it is very understood that Steven Crowder treats people like crap. At this point, it's definitely all about money for him. Yeah, like I get it. Some people need to make a living, but that is all about money. It's most likely, definitely, so he can start a competition. Yeah, start a co- another company. Yeah, but the thing is that Jerry Boring brought up is Jerry Boring's like he's pretending like he's a self-made man. He was on CRTV, which is owned by a billionaire. His show didn't make any, didn't make very much money, and it was subsidized. He went to the Blaze, which is subsidized by a billionaire. He wants to be subsidized again. He doesn't want to have to make money for himself. He yeah. doesn't want any of. He doesn't want any risk, and he wants all the reward. Yeah, he and just Jerry, wants all the money. Jerry Boy said he doesn't understand how businesses work. Exactly. He doesn't even own his own. So his Mug Club subscribers right now are subscribed to Blaze, the Blaze Network. Yeah, that's the video I saw where he was trying to explain how to change it. But he doesn't have his email list. Yeah, He doesn't know how many subscribers he has. He doesn't know how much money his show makes. That's he doesn't weird. know any of this because it's all behind the Blaze, behind the Playwall behind the wall of the blaze where they're not explaining it to him because they don't trust him with the information because he pulls crap like this. 
Yeah, I mean, I can definitely understand it, which sucks too because I always liked his um, change my mind episodes he did, but they yeah. became so low and low, and then you get more and more of the crap that's on Spotify. And for a while, you could only watch them on like Rumble and all that, and I was like, I'm just not interested. I used to like I, I like Stephen Crowder's content. I, I watch it all the time. It's entertaining. He's very funny. Well, he's, he's funny very as hell. Yeah, he's very talented. But this is a shit thing to do. But this is a disgusting, low-life sort of thing to do. Yeah, it's very fucking shitty. Especially to go out and tell tell people that two of your really good friends, Ben Shapiro and um, Jerry Boring, that have stuck their necks out for you. I mean, Ben Shapiro ben negotiated... Shapiro his lawyer at one His point. lawyer, who yeah. negotiated his contract at Fox... Yeah, that's the crazy thing. And Jeremy Boring has stuck his neck out and sacrificed a, a lot for Steven Crowder. And then Steven Crowder immediately turns, turns him around, stabs him in the back, and calls him no better than the left, and tries to make money off of def, def, defaming them. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like... Yeah, Steve. fuck you, Steven Crowder. <laughs> that's what that is. Well, yeah, because I'm not going to lie, dude, after that... I probably wouldn't support anything he does. Like I'm he not. Pay- another, I'll yeah. still watch his stuff free on YouTube. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll watch his shit on YouTube. But, but I'm not I am not nothing. subscribing to any kind of crappy mug club garbage. No hell no, dude. Because and you know what? This is where my bias comes in. I like Daily Wire a lot. I subscribe to them yearly. I may not like all the content they put out, but I do support and enjoy all their shit, all of them. I think the only person I've ever had a hard time with was. Uh, Andrew Clavin. I've had the hardest time getting into his stuff, but I give it a shot. And I think what people need to understand, too, is Daily Wire is a company like any other company. Yes, it's a company designed to bring in more conservative people together, and it's supposed to be an alternative to media, but it's still a company. Oh, shit, are you pulling it up? Uh, let's see what, what the next, what the remote reset. Five between right-wing YouTuber Steven Crowder Ben Shapiro has sparked a circular firing, firing SWAT. The funniest part, the best part, is Steven thought he had all bunch of his friend, all of his friends were gonna be with him on this. They've all turned on him. Tim Pool is like, this is a disgusting, horrible thing he did. He's gonna be on the show on Monday, so everybody watch that Tim Pool, the um, Tim Pool's um, podcast because Steven Crowder's gonna be on and he's gonna grill him. Oh yeah, they're gonna tear his ass apart. And one of my favorite guys um, is just ripping him too. It's it's been um, insane. Uh, Mr. Crowder's complaints about the contract were spelled out over nearly half an hour during which he ran about big con and big tech. He claimed that media companies like Mr. Shapiro's were in bed with platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Hey, don't worry, Mark Zuckerberg. We've got your back, Mr. Crowder said sarcastically during the video. Apple. Yeah, um, the angry video prompted an even lengthier respond from Jeremy Boring, CEO of the Daily Wire. His char- he characterized the contract lines that Mr. Crowder objected to as fairly standard parts of any media contract. On the requirements for Mr. Crowder to deliver a certain number, 92 daily episodes per year, he said you can't pay someone any amount of money, but you... But you certainly can't pay someone an unimaginably huge amount of money for their show and not get that show. Mr. Shapiro also commented on his show remarks that Mr. Crowder somehow misinterpreted the contact, contract as us attempting to quote-unquote do the work of big tech. 
Uh, no, there's something rather nasty about attacking people who have been friends for over a decade, he asked. Oh, shit. Um, Candace Owens also unloaded. And sh- um, uh, LOL to anyone who thinks Steven Crowder is not doing this to make money. She said on Tim Pool's Timcast before calling the YouTuber a wolf in sheep's clothing. I mean, I just have to outwardly laugh. She also tore into him separately on her own podcast, calling the video recording Mr. Crowder a b- calling the video recorded by Mr. Crowder a bitch move, given the exorbitant <laughs> salary he's being offered. Unrelatable. People are trying to pay for bacon and eggs right now at the grocery store, and you're over here crying because somebody couldn't meet you at $120 million? That's a she lot said, of money, It was yeah. a total bitch move. It is, dude. That's a lot of fucking money, too, for him to do nothing, basically. That amount of episodes, do you, do you know that we did that in, like, our first year and a half? Legit, that's how we've, we've made more, but... That's a year and a half worth. Like, I was like, that's nothing you think about because we missed a lot and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that ain't shit. He could easily do that. That is so shocking. It sucks, too, because I really did like Crowder. I'm like, man, I what a dick move. But that does show you that it's all about money for him. And for him to do what? Sit around with his buddies and talk about club. Yeah, it's, it's gross. And he's a loser, and he could screw off. Pretty much. I'm still going to support Shapiro and them. That's... Shapiro's my boy. <laughs> um, unfortunately, guys, we have hit that end of the road. Next episode, we're talking about Velma. We have to, because I watched some of it. And... Scooby-Doo, son of a fucking Scooby-Doo movie! I know, dude. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> Anyways, guys, thanks for listening. If you like what you heard here and you want to check out more, we've got plenty to offer at thegreatgirthpodcast.com. Again, for all the deaf kids in the back, that is thegreatgirthpodcast.com. What? Oh, <laughs> sorry, that was fucked up. I am Tony, or my buddy Austin. Austin, buddy, I'll see you on the next one. Adios.